Good, mo- good morning, church family. It is a joy to be with you this morning. So often when I read the scriptures, I view our God as a painter who is painting the canvas of our life to look more and more beautiful every single day. Despite how you and I might color outside the lines, despite how we might add an inappropriate color given the color scheme that we're working with, or how we may add an image that just completely doesn't go with the picture that God is trying to paint. And in John chapter 15, God paints a picture of our lives as a branch connected to the vine that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And every branch first starts as a seed. This morning, I want to talk to you about a seed that grows up through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and becomes a branch that produces fruit and fulfills the purpose for which it was created. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bible to John chapter 15. I'm going to read a few verses before I start with the story of the seed of our faith. The Bible says in John 15, as they're passing the plates, maybe you guys can do some judo with your hands here. The Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. In verse 5, Jesus goes on to say, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. Instead, I call you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. If you read the New Testament, starting in the Gospel of Matthew, this idea of our faith starting as a seed and growing up to become a shoot that eventually becomes a branch connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ is described by Jesus in a parable in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus says that there are four different types of soil that a seed can fall on. And in this particular parable, the seed is the message of the gospel. The seed is the message of the death, the burial, 
and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And some who hear the word of that gospel don't really seem to want to hear it. It interferes with their way of life. It interferes with their way of believing things that happen in the world. It interferes with their worldview. That is like seed that Jesus describes as falling along the path. It never takes root to begin with. Some seed, the seed that represents the gospel, which is the word of God, falls on soil that's very rocky. This soil represents people who hear the message of the gospel, but don't stay with the gospel message. They simply don't live out the life that Jesus demonstrated by his death. There's another type of soil that Jesus mentions upon which the message of the gospel falls. This is soil that also is growing thorns and thistles. This represents the hearers of the gospel that are consumed by the affairs of this life. And doesn't life offer a number of different things that we can become consumed with? Jesus talks specifically about the deceitfulness of wealth, of keeping up with the Joneses, of having material goods, of making it look good on the outside when on the inside those individuals are empty and unchanged. But Jesus said there is good soil. And this is the soil within which the message of the gospel takes root. The hearers of the gospel that are good soil allow their inner lives to be transformed by the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And the life that is transformed by the gospel is a life that looks totally different before and after the moment of transformation. And when the gospel takes root deeply and those lives are transformed, the canvas slowly starts to change. And it begins to look more like God intended it to look. When the seeds of the gospel take root in those who hear the message, that represents our faith. If if we're the soil in Matthew 13, then slowly over time we become the root by the faith we place in the gospel. I want to remind you of a text in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8. I don't have this on the screen for you this morning, but my hope is, as I reference some of these, you'll write these down and meditate on these later in the week. When we place our faith in the gospel, Jeremiah says that we become like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by a stream. This tree does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves, they're always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And listen to this. It never fails to bear fruit. When we trust the gospel, when we place our faith in the gospel, when we fully understand the nature of the death, the burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, from that moment forward, we don't have to fear when the enemy turns up the heat in our life. Because our roots go deep, so deep that they tap into a source of life that nothing on this earth can interfere with. For those of us who have placed our hope and trust and faith in the gospel, when struggles come our way, 
When life becomes difficult, when we're distressed or discouraged, we know we always have life support. We have something that keeps us going. We have something that can sustain us. We have something that can encourage us. We have a source that can keep our leaves green no matter how hot the situation we're in becomes. And not only that, but we don't have a cause for worry in this life if we are rooted in the message of the gospel. There are so many things that are uncertain. I read earlier this week that the owner of Facebook, or the majority owner, Mark Zuckerberg, lost about $120 billion, with a B, dollars, because his stock share value dropped by 20%. If not even Facebook is certain in this life, can I make a stretch and say nothing is certain? (laughs) But you and I have no reason to fear the uncertainties of life. When our life is hidden with the Lord Jesus Christ on high, we have a security that is independent of any factors that this world can throw our way. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 12 talks about this certainty and the security like this the wicked desire the stronghold of evildoers but the root of the righteous endures through the faith we have in the gospel we have endurance through our faith we can make it to the finish through our faith we can stay hopeful in any situation because our roots run deep Those deep roots eventually, by the nurturing and grace and mercy of the Lord, become a small shoot. And that shoot begins to grow as our faith begins to grow. And we begin to realize that this transformation that we have through the gospel is truly a second chance. It's truly a fresh start. The burden of our past and the fear of our future comes to an end When our new life in the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel begins. The Apostle Paul was simply amazed at this truth. In Romans chapter 11 verses 17 and 18 he says, If some of the branches have been broken off and you, you church, like a wild olive shoot have been grafted in among the others and now you share nourishing sap from the olive root. Don't consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. And when we're supported by the root that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are built upon Him who is our sure foundation, and we're living a new life day in and day out, the tapestry, the canvas of our life becomes more beautiful. And again, more like the image God intends for it to look like. We've been talking to you for the past few weeks about the idea of being rooted in Christ. And that idea of being rooted in Christ means that our seed takes root, our roots run deep, we become a shoot and celebrate this new life that we find in Jesus. But no branch becomes productive without some pruning. Jesus is not content to leave us the way he finds us, church. 
And because he's not content to leave us the way he finds us, Jesus knows he has to prune us to keep us both alive in him and growing to become the branch he's designed us to be. The truth about our lives is that not everything we try to do in our lives is something we should be doing. Can I get an amen? Not everything we fill our lives with is in fact life giving. And Jesus prunes those things away so that we can be more deeply connected to the vine who is the giver of life itself. Can I just say that this pruning process never feels good when it's happening? It doesn't ever feel good to think I have found a source of life other than the Lord Jesus Christ and become absorbed in it. And Jesus to tell me, Trent, this is not where life is found. And for him to trim that away, that cutting away always hurts. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with in my personal life that it truly is pain that lets you know you're alive. And the same is true in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to ask yourself something this morning. When is the last time Jesus tried to prune something out of your life that was not life-giving so he could more deeply connect you to himself who is the giver of life? If you haven't experienced that pain recently, then you're probably ignoring it and too wrapped up into something that will only lead to death. I celebrate Zach and Ben and Melissa and Jill and Gordon and Jan who are willing to allow the Lord to prune some things out of their life, even the community in which they live, so that they can be sent into a location where they can be the productive individuals that God's called them to be. And I cannot wait to see the fruit that those guys bear where the Lord leads them. But you want to talk about difficulty, a change in friendships, a change in doctors, a change in location, a change in churches. Those are the kinds of things that so often God is calling us to prune that we're simply unwilling to allow him to cut from our lives because the pain of that cutting seems too great. But it is only through that pain that God can promote greater production, which is his will and plan for you. God doesn't simply want you to be a branch that's connected to the vine. He wants you to be a branch that is producing fruit. I love the words of John 15 and 16. And this is not the kind of fruit that goes out of season. This is the kind of fruit that will last. The truth is that if we can learn to become productive and bear fruit in Christ, we'll find the joy and the peace that God has created for us to experience in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if you experience the pain of pruning and become more productive, you know that you're connected to the vine. But some of us and other people in the world who at one point called themselves Christians have simply stopped producing fruit. They have no longer sought to live the life that Jesus lived and demonstrated in the gospel story. They have likely elevated themselves to the position of God in their lives. Their will for their life has become the supreme will, and they have become the axis around which their world revolves. Their faith has become weak and caused their affection for the holiness of the Lord to decline. 
That leads to a revival of corruption and sinfulness in those individuals' lives. And the security that they once found in Christ becomes a precious commodity. And they begin flailing about in this life, seeking for security and satisfaction in the areas in which this, this world offers an artificial version of both of those things. And just like anything artificial, it always leaves you hungrier at the end than it does at the beginning. And you have a continual, those individuals have an absolute continual desire for more. These branches have literally died on the vine. They're no longer alive. They're no longer connected to the source of life. They're barely hanging on. And those branches, according to John 15, the Bible says God cuts off. And I think it's easy in church to back away from the truth that we have to put effort into our faith. We have to put work into our faith. God empowers us and equips us with everything we need through Christ Jesus to be who who he has called us to be. But if we don't allow ourselves to yield to those resources and follow after the life of Christ, then we too can become dead on the vine and cut away. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 7, saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does, actually practices the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, who no doubt struggled when he thought back to the time in his life when he denied Jesus on three separate occasions. And he looked at that moment feeling his faith falter and feeling himself become consumed by the things of this world. He wrote in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 20 through 22, some have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they are entangled again in it and overcome. Thus they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it And then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed to them. Friends, there is a consequence for not obeying and for living outside the will of God. And I'm not doing you justice if I don't remind you that that is the greatest consequence you will ever face in life. And Jesus, no doubt, through the words in John 15, intends to provoke you and influence you to remain faithful to the Lord. Those branches who are cut off are not simply laid aside. They are tossed into the fire and punished. This is the consequence of being cut away. And this is no laughing matter. It is a serious moment in the scriptures in which Jesus warns us of the possibility of losing everything that we gained by the power of the gospel. One thing I love about the teaching of Jesus is that it seems to me he always leaves us with a measure of hope. Jesus is not one who paints a beautiful picture 
that ends in discouragement and dissatisfaction without a solution. Jesus always offers us a way out. And the way out, whatever the situation is that you face in life, no matter the discouragement, no matter the distress, no matter the lack of production, or even if you feel like you've been cut off from the vine and tossed into the pile of dead branches ready for the fire, there is hope for you. Can I get an amen? There's hope because in Christ there is always hope. There's hope because the gospel covers every story and every sin and every situation you can face in life. There's hope because our God is truly a God of love. And the solution is love. I think that's Jesus' primary message in John chapter 15. There's a couple of verses that really paint this picture for us. John 15 and 12, Jesus says, you want to know what my command is? It's no secret. I've shown you every single day of my life, and I'm about to show you even more greatly by the example of my death on the cross. My command is to love each other as I have loved you. One verse later in John chapter 15 and verse 13, Jesus says, let me tell you about the greatest kind of love. You've heard it said, Jesus would say in other places in the Gospels, to love your neighbor as yourself. But I want to tell you, you should love your neighbor more than you love yourself. He says, no greater love has anyone than this, than to really lay down one's life for one's friends. That is the message of the cross. Jesus didn't just love you as much as he loved his own life. He wasn't willing to cherish you as much as he cherished his own life. He wasn't willing to sacrifice as much for you as you were willing to sacrifice for him. He was willing to love you more than he loved his own life. He was willing to sacrifice more regardless of your sacrifice for him. He was willing to hold nothing back to demonstrate to you through death on the cross that he loved you and he had a way out, a solution for you, no matter the situation you were in in life. And that's worth a hand clap of praise this morning to the Lord God who gave his all so that we could have access to all of him. Jesus says in John fifteen seventeen, this is my command. He's told us now twice in just a few verses that you love each other. Love is the key that unlocks the door that's holding you back in life. The first thing you need to do is fall back in love with God through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's son. It is so easy to become so saturated with the love story of Jesus that we begin to take it for granted. Let us never take the message of the cross for granted. Let us always be inspired by its majesty, by its beauty, by its mercy, by its grace, by its sacrifice, and by its love. And if we truly fall back in love with God through Jesus Christ because of the story of the gospel then let us be inspired again by the cross and let it become the foundation of our life. Let the branch that is Jesus become the foundation upon which we seek life from. In other words, cut away the things in your life that are not life-giving. What is it that you're wrapped up in that is truly sucking the life out of you? Allow God to prune that in the name of Jesus 
and surrender it to him as a crown that you can place at the foot of the cross. And if you'll really fall back in love with God through the message of the gospel and allow the cross to become the foundation of your life, then your roots will allow you to love others in light of the gospel. You'll begin to love others and look at others and see others the way Jesus Christ himself sees you. Not thinking of your own needs, but thinking of the needs of another. Not thinking about how much others are willing to sacrifice to make you happy, but how much you can sacrifice to take a chance that someone else can find satisfaction in their life. The gospel is truly the greatest love story ever written. And when the roots of the gospel run deep in our lives, we find the true love that we've been designed for. And that has this catalytic effect on everything else in our lives. We become more productive. God shows us areas in which we need to be pruned. We surrender those areas to Him. We fall more deeply in love with Him for making us more alive through the process of pruning. Our roots become more grounded in the gospel. And we become greater lovers of God and lovers of others. And more productive. And then we're pruned and we're more deeply rooted. And eventually we find that the canvas of our life, despite the mess-ups... Despite the mistakes and despite the times in our life where we almost ended up in the fire, looks beautiful. Exactly as God intended for it to look. Lindy and I decided we would, we would give you the story of how to abide in Christ through the same type of painting that Jesus is doing in John 15. And I hope some of you have been inspired this morning. Some of you have allowed the truth of the message of gospel to pierce through the veil that you sometimes shroud your heart with. Through the defenses that you place in your life because of the pain of pruning or the fear that you're already prepared in that pile of branches destined for the fire. And in a moment, I'm going to close us with a prayer. And my challenge to you is to allow your roots to become more deep. And allow the areas of your life that need to be pruned to be cut away. And if you've been cut from the vine and you no longer abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, my challenge to you is to fall more deeply in love with him again this morning and get reconnected to the vine that truly gives life. And let the tapestry and the canvas of your life be made beautiful once again. Let's bow. Lord Jesus, I come before you so thankful for the message of the gospel that starts out as a small seed and becomes rooted in good soil that grows up to be a shoot that's brand new that eventually connects itself to the vine that is Christ Jesus and full of life and productivity. And I thank you for the seasons in life that were pruned because it prepares us for greater production and more purpose And God, I'm heavy-hearted with those who have been cut away that no longer abide. But no matter the situation, whether whether we are a fruit-producing branch or a branch that has been cut off and prepared for the fire, the solution for us all is to love you more deeply. And then to let the message of the gospel and the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ be our foundation again so that we can love others in light of that message. I just ask that any who are here today 
that feel overwhelmed or disconnected or need pruning, you would empower them to come forward and lay their burdens down before you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Please stand with me while together we sing.